You're listening to Down Goes Frazier, where we talk about the latest news in combat sports, have the latest interviews, too, for you in combat sports, and that ranges from MMA, boxing, and pro wrestling. I'm your host, Jason Frazier. Alongside me is my co-host, Jeremy Johnson. How's it going for you, Jeremy? I am doing great. I am stoked that the fight world has got some crazy fights that have happened, and I am very stoked for our interview today. I am, too, because... I think in the history of Down Goes Frazier, I'm going to go back, and this is pre-iHeartRadio era. This goes back to the other place. I don't think we've ever been able to, if somebody makes like a bold comment or a challenge, I don't think we've been able to ever ask the person they have challenged in a next immediate interview what their thoughts are about that challenge. And we get to do that today. So I'm excited about that. We get to, we get to, I'm we get, so stoked for this. We get to stare um, it up a little bit. Yeah, because and it, it's not about staring. It's about having both sides. Mm-hmm. You know, when it all comes down to it, we're, you know, we're journalists here, and that's what you really should do. Propose both sides of the argument. Tell people what's going on on both sides. And so today, we're very stoked because after the whole Joaquin Buckley come out, uh, you know, talked about James Krause meeting. We're going to talk to, or, you know, we're going to talk to James about his side today. So I'm super stoked on this. Jeremy, uh, you put it politically correct. I'm not. I mean, you you said, (laughs) then when are you staring it up? You know, we, we, most days, 95% of the time, I like to keep it very, you know, politically correct and, but sometimes I want to be a little like TMD. Today is one of those days. So, you know. <laughs> see, see, I, I get where you're going. But with me, being in, with me being in the other side, too, I never want to be that guy. You know, I never yeah. want to be the guy who's, oh, well, you know, he'll talk smack on me of this. Because, I mean, I have had more people come back on me after I commentated a fight or something and be like, oh, well, you were biased because you know the guy. I'm like, I know you, too. But, you know, you still can't wrestle. Have I mean, you, it happens. Have you have so, you have you ever got now? This is sidebar here. Uh-oh, so, yes. So in the history of doing commentary, you know, I know sometimes you have to give you're just giving the truth. But some people may take offense. To someone ever like try to kick your ass because something you said about them on commentary. Well, so I wouldn't say anyone has tried to kick my ass over it. I have been called out many times on things that I've said. I have literally had a fighter win in the middle of the cage, turn around, look at me, and said, see, I told you I could wrestle, and that was one. I've never had anybody who got, like, real, like, physically confrontational. I have had a lot of verbal confrontations, though. I I can see that. I mean, I'm not saying just because it's you. I'm just saying because, like... The you know that 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 moment, the emotions are high, especially somebody lost a fight, and they they want to they want to blame somebody so easily probably may take it out on you. And you know what, I'm okay with it. But my thing is, is I will call out somebody who I have trained with in the past the same way that I will call out somebody if they're fighting that person. You know, I try to always make it equal. I don't I don't play sides. I don't play oh well he trains it you know. With, with someone that I know, he trains at one gym, he's this guy, he used to fight for another organization, blah, 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 blah. You know, I have called for fights of guys who are in the UFC. I mean, I have called Joaquin Buckley's fights. I have called, um, you know, guys from Kansas City who have came. I've called guys from Ireland's fights. You know, I've done boxing. It's all just 
I it's my opinion. They pay me to be there, and they pay me to give my opinion on what's going on and to push the action along. And that's kind of how it works. And if you don't like what I got to say, it is what it is. So yeah. So I said you let you clear air there. Make sure you. I don't know if you want to call somebody out that maybe tried to give you. <laughs> No, (laughs) I will never call anybody out like that. I will just, uh, you know, I will just silently be like, yep, not a problem. See, I told you today, I'm in in the pot staring mood today. Today is one of those days, those those rare occasions where you get me where I'm almost like the heel today. (laughs) Well, there's nothing wrong with that because uh, we are going to have definitely the ability to stir the pot a little bit today. I don't know if we're going to do that or not. I mean, I I know I won't. You might go that route. That's fine. But... uh, Big and really stoked to talk to James Krause today. Definitely, and, and you know, besides on, on a more serious note, James does every time he's on, he gives us great stuff about you know just his entrepreneurial spirit, you know, training and such wonderful insights. So definitely looking forward to that interview. And we're going to talk to James Krause here next on Down Goes Frazier. We'll keep rolling along here on Down Goes Frazier this afternoon, and uh, also it's always a good time, Jeremy, whenever we have our next guest on. Because last time we 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 talked about fighting, we got to talk a little bit about just business stuff and real estate, and it was real interesting. But today we're going to get more back to the fighting side, I think. Well, you know, the biggest thing that I like about our next guest, James Krause, here is that. He is like the consummate entrepreneur. He is what you want every fighter to look at and go, that's what I want to do. I want to, you know, the investments, the, the real estate, the gyms. I mean, he's got it all. I mean, he's, I think he's part of a fight promotion and the whole bit. So, I mean, it's a, it's a big deal. And he's really, really good at mixed martial arts. So uh, we're really stoked to have James Krause on the line. James, how you doing? I'm good, guys. How about you? Doing Dang. great. So... So, James, I want to get started off here, though. Um, coming off a huge win here in your last outing, taking, again, another fight on short notice. Uh, you know, Jason said whenever we were starting off here that, you know, we're kind of calling you the king of short notice, jumping in here with us, but a big win over Claudia Silva. Um, kind of talk about what it's like to have to deal with with a, a short notice fight. You know, you're becoming the guy that's the go-to. So, um how do you feel about that, and how do you stay ready? <clears throat> well, I mean, I think the the most part is you really don't have to deal with it if you just, like I stay in the gym. I'm in the gym twice a day. You know, I'm training guys. I'm training myself. And, and uh, you really don't have to, you know, it's that old saying, you don't uh, stay ready. You don't have to get ready. So, I, I mean, that's kind of cliche, but I guess that's the truth. You know, I really don't uh, – I, I definitely wasn't in the shape that I want to be in. You know, I, I, I'm typically in a little bit better shape, but I stay, you know, I stay in the gym uh, twice a day. You know, I'm training, you know, 10, 10 to 15 times a week usually. Uh, so I, I, it, to me, it's not that big of a jump, you know, like between fight shape and my normal shape, there isn't that big of a gap. There is a, there is a gap, but it's not that big to where uh, I don't feel comfortable taking something on short notice, uh, you know, so I, 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 and I didn't feel like cardio was this guy's strong suit anyway. You know, I, I thought it was going to be pretty straightforward. Uh, I knew I would have a big advantage striking. Uh, I knew our, our ground would be pretty similar. Uh, I feel like whoever got on top would win that. And then uh, I didn't feel like he had the wrestling to consistently get me down over time. So, you know, was, I, I feel like it was just a rule that uh, I felt like I would have an advantage in the cardio, even with the shape that I went in. And, you know, you talk about the physical side of taking those short-notice fights. But as everybody knows, you're a tremendous coach, very cerebral guy. 
does that how does that side get affected when you have these short notice fights when you're trying to dig into a game plan or watch a particular fight or how 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 does that side work for you? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a mental aspect of it. Uh, I think it's different for every fighter, obviously. Um, for me, I've had probably pushing, I don't know, 65, 70 fights pro and amateur. So, uh, you know, I've got a lot of experience uh, underneath me with, with fighting, and I know how to fight. You know, I don't I don't really believe in ring rust. I don't believe in uh, – I, I just those are things that I, that I uh, believe in. So, uh, for me, it's just – it's pretty straightforward, you know, you just go out and you fight and uh, I feel like I had a good game plan going in that I could I could control the pace of the fight. I definitely felt like that I was, um, that was a big element for me is, is, is when I took this fight, there was a couple of things that really, that I had to think about. Number one was to beat him, I really didn't have to do a whole lot different than what I normally do. You know, I didn't have to spend like six weeks retraining myself to, to face a specific opponent. opponent. I felt like my style naturally just fit, fit really well into this matchup. And then secondly, uh, I, I just, I didn't feel like, uh, he had a big advantage over me anywhere. You know, I felt like the striking was big, big difference. I felt like I could wrestle with him and stop the takedowns. Cause I didn't even need to be offensive. I just needed to be defensive. And I felt like, uh, you know, my ground game was good enough to get me out of trouble if I, if I, if I uh, needed to. So, uh, the 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 matchup the the stylistic matchup for me was a was a key element of of taking this fight. I just felt like it fit naturally in with what I'm already doing, what I'm good at, and uh, that was a big part of it. But in terms of like the mental aspect of it, it's just kind of like, all right, let's go. You know, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like a. I, I think I just got <laughs> enough experience where like I know I know how to fight now. It's not a it's not a big thinking process or anything like that. You know, I just I felt like it was a good matchup for me. <laughs> I felt like I was shape enough to do it and I, I felt very confident that I could win the fight and I could win it decisively so that was the that was pretty much the I mean there wasn't a big thought process behind it and I think I feel like sometimes when people ask me this question that's what they're looking for but it was like hey this fight's open in uh, in two weeks do you want it yes okay cool bye that's that's what it was yeah that's, that's, that's pretty much it well I I think that's actually pretty awesome and I know that you you guys up there at glory just always stay in shape but what is it like for the transition to Fight Island? You know, we know that the time changes are different, um, dealing with quarantines, getting ready. What is the, the kind of the day-to-day process when you get to Fight Island, and how much is it whenever you're taking it on a short notice like that? <clears throat> yeah, well, that's I think that's also fighter-dependent because the you got to figure out uh, the, the biggest problem is you got to figure out what time that you're going to be on. So, for example, like whenever I actually fought, Although you guys watched it in, you know, a normal pay-per-view time here, it was actually 3.30 in the morning whenever I fought. So you have to adjust your sleep schedule accordingly to, according to when you're going to fight. I initially was supposed to be earlier on the card. My check-in time was 11, 11 p.m. And then they moved that back to almost 2 a.m. So it was, it kind of, it kind of threw me for a loop, but, you know, it was, uh, once again, I don't really care uh, my, 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 my coach, Mark Montoya said this, uh, and, and it's so true. It's like, if somebody, if you're at home and somebody breaks into your house at three thirty AM in the morning, what are you going to do? You're going to tell them, Hey, I don't have enough sleep. <laughs> no, you're going to get up and you're going to, you're going to handle that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. uh, that's just kind of, that's the, you know, that's, that's kind of what it is. You know what I mean? So for me, it really didn't matter, uh, what time it was. It's just, you know, you got to get up and handle business. Man, that's a very that's a very unique way of looking at that. I'm gonna remember that that for uh, other anal- use that analogy and some other things. I might have to steal that one from you, James. 
Um, yeah, still, it's all yours, man. And, you know, I was looking on, you know, whenever you had your fight and Twitter was kind of blowing up, talking about your performance, another short-notice <laughs> victory. I saw a tweet from Michael Chiesa, and he said, I've been telling you guys for a while, James Krause is a top-tiering welterweight. Do you feel like you get slept on a lot by a lot of like UFC, you know, the rankings and other people, analysts? Do you feel like you should be in that category now people should start talking about you in that respect? <laughs> well, uh, I feel like the real ones know. You know, the OGs of the group, they know. Um, and, and honestly, I, I do feel like I get slept on in the media, but it's rightfully so. You know what I mean? Like, I, I can't blame them because I'm really not overly active. You know, I don't fight a ton, and I think that's a big part is, you know, this sport is, a, is such, you know, what have you done for me lately? If you're only fighting once or twice a year, it's really hard to stay on the minds of the media. You know what I mean? There's always a there's always a new story, something new happened, um, you know, uh, next week or whatever, and it, and it also, you know, it, it's like the it's like the weather in Missouri. If you're not happy with the weather, you know, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. So it's 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 a lot like that, you know. But I just I don't really feel like I'm active enough, you know, to to be on their minds. Uh, a ton but I, I do feel like this especially this past year especially from a coaching perspective you know my my recent wins uh you know as a welterweight taking the short notice stuff and i definitely feel like i'm starting to get uh more credibility in that and and i i think i'm a tough matchup for a lot of guys in that division like if you're a if you're a one disciplined fighter you're not going to beat me you know what i mean like it's just it's you have to be a well-rounded very complete guy to 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 beat me and uh, you know they keep matching me up with these like these world champion jiu-jitsu guys or whatever and like I love fighting those guys because their jiu-jitsu isn't really better than mine you know most mm-hmm. of the time they can't strike and they can't wrestle so it's like it's, it's a great it's a great deal for me so James um, everybody was talking when it happened you went back to the corner and said I tore my knee said no it's all good no big deal whatever whatever and went back in and had the performance that you did number one how's the knee and what is your mentality of something like that whenever you do it? Because I know that it was a, you, you kind of changed up your linear motion and how you fight. You know, you're not, you, you have a whole lot of angle game to it, and I know that it kind of became a little more back and forth. How do you change your game plan whenever that happens? <clears throat> well, how, first of all, I didn't even, people, you know, thought I said that to, to let him know that. I didn't even tell him. I, it wasn't a, it wasn't a problem to me. Like, uh, it wasn't that, like I was fighting through pain. I mean, there was a lot of pain, but it was, it was more he was telling me to move to my right more and I, and I couldn't so I basically the only reason I told Mark is because he kept asking me to do something I tried to just let him know like hey I can't do what you're asking and it wasn't necessarily the pain although the pain was a factor it wasn't the pain that was it was the stability of my knee like if I tried to do what he was asking I almost fell over a couple times trying to do it so <clears throat> I mean I, I fought this guy in more of a squared stance to to stop the, the shot and I just had to blade my stance a little bit more bring my my right foot back uh, and that's what opened me up to be like, watch, he was trying to kick me, kick my lead leg a lot in the first round. And he never got me once, but because I had to switch my stance a little bit, I had to blade my stance, is when he started kicking my lead leg out from underneath me. Uh, and it's because I was so heavy on my lead leg, I couldn't put any weight on my on my right leg. So my left leg was hurt from the kicks, but my right knee was the one that was actually uh, damaged. So I just had, you just have to make adjustments on the fly, man. Like, uh, somebody actually asked me in my gym, asked, uh, they asked me the, the mindset behind that, and I just... I don't it, it's pretty simple to me like I've been doing this long enough like I have a lot of experience in this and there's 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 a, a thought and it doesn't even go into my mind now it's it's very unconscious now but like looking back on it it's uh can you deal with the next 10 minutes of pain and adversity 
or would you rather deal with a lifetime of regret you know like i quit or you know what i mean like i and i know that i know that answer you know i'd much rather i love it no i think that's amazing so I'd, I'd, I'd much rather de- deal with the 10 minutes because that lifetime, man, that, that stuff, that bothers me. You know what I mean? Like there, there's moments in fighting that I feel like I could have done more and it bothers me that I didn't. You know what I mean? I, it eats me up still to this day. So it's like, can you deal with 10 minutes of pain and instability and a knee in the middle of a fist fight or do you want to deal with a lifetime of regret? You know, that's the, that's the analogy that kind of – and now it's, I've just – I've done it so much that I'm not, I don't even have to ask myself that anymore. It's just, you know, you know what to do. You know what I mean? It's kind of like you don't, you don't even worry about it anymore. You just keep going. James, between you being such a tremendous entrepreneur and these great quotes you're giving us, my next like staff retreat, I think I'm going to invite you to it so you can talk to these people and get them and get, oh, them, I love in, that. And get them in line for me. Because I mean, like, yeah, would, you would love that, man. You got you got you got some you got some gems going there. But you know, kind of, you talk about transition, you know, transition in in the octagon, but also you transition from the, your role as a fighter now to. You have some fires with some very big opportunities coming up. But before we get into those, just tell us a little bit about coaching during this pandemic, because I know that's different. We talked to fighters about how they're acting, how they're reacting. We talked to promoters about how they're kind of reacting during the pandemic. But we really haven't got a coach's perspective on, like, what's it like coaching during everything going on with coronavirus and kind of adjusting to that? Yeah, well, I actually, uh, I think it's a great thing. I really do. And uh, here's why. I feel like when this whole thing kicked off in like March or or uh, whenever it was, I, I told everybody, I said, you guys got to be ready to take opportunity. There's going to be a, an abundant amount of opportunity coming your way and you guys have to be ready to take it. So like, like we got to, we got to be on our stuff and I, it may not, it may not ever come. It may be a day, a week, a month, six months, maybe even a year. We don't know what this is going to look like, but I do know that there's going to be a lot of opportunity to come. So I said that back in like February, March. And I mean, you guys have been watching week after week. Like the, the, that for sure has happened. There's been an abundance of opportunity for, for myself and my team. And I feel like my team is has been ready uh, ready to take it. And th- th- we just stay ready. Our team stay re- stays ready. But what I love about coaching in this whole entire thing is especially when you're in such a high like emotional sport like uh you know fighting or any type of combat sports really uh there's always like there's always like this mental thing that this, this is stressful anyway right so when you start adding in these x factors like quarantine and you can't have so and so you know they they change everything on you right like there's there's protocols now that you can't have your dad there or your parents there or or maybe a coach tested positive or there's always these little X factors, you know, and my team, my team is built to deal with that stuff. You know what I mean? Like my team is, is mental monsters. Like my team is full of those. Like we are built to, to uh, press forward in those times. And I just don't feel like a lot of people are, you know, so you're seeing it, you know, week after week, my guys are ready. They're, we're taking short notice opportunities. We're, we're, we're doing good. You know, I'm not saying we're winning all of them. Um, because this game is a roller coaster, you know. This week we may be up, next week we may may be down, we may be up, but it always comes and goes. You know what I mean? It's always it's mm-hmm. it always comes and goes, and I know that, and I feel like we're up right now. You know, we're doing really well right now, but it always comes and goes. But I do feel like with with the you know in the middle of this pandemic, I do feel like there's a lot of X factors that people aren't used to dealing with. You know, and whenever you add that to an already stressful and emotional situation. Man, it, it can it can break people, and and my team is my my team is built to uh, my my team is built to perform under those circumstances. 
Now, and you have, I mean, you have an amazing team up there in Kansas City. You know, you've got uh, several who are coming up on the UFC cards. Um, talk about who do you think is the one that is the next big breakout? Who, who in the camp is going to be the next big breakout star? Uh, I, I would say next to be the, the breakout guy is going to be Jeff Molina. Um, that would be my, that would be my initial gut reaction. That's, you know, that's only because, uh, he hasn't fought in UFC yet. You know, he's, he's, he was on contender series, had a, a phenomenal showing on contender series. The kid's full of tricks and traps and good grappler, good striker. Uh, he's, he's fun to watch an entertainer, a mental monster. You know, he, he's a durable kid. He's, he's, he's really fun to watch. So, um, uh, you know, we have, we have a bunch of guys that are, that are uh, climbing for that spot. But right now, Jeff Molina is the one that sticks out. And, you know, Jeremy mentioned, and we talked about the opportunities you got, you, you, some of your fires have coming up. I think none bigger opportunity than the one Megan Anderson has coming up here against Amanda Nunes. And that, you know, it's well documented. They call her the female goat. You know, we all know that. What's kind of with that opportunity for Megan ahead and kind of coaching and kind of figuring out what what are you looking at when you're thinking about figuring out the puzzle that is Amanda Nunes? Yeah, definitely. So so uh, obviously you have to you know you have to acknowledge the accomplishments that that uh, that she's done in the sport. I, I would also consider her the the female goat. Um, but you know, first of all, she's not undefeated. You know, it's been a long time since she's lost, but she has lost. You know, so. Uh, Looking at this, you know, looking at her as a, you know, a, a mortal person that has has tasted defeat, that's, you know, you got to start there, right? This person has has already lost. You know, it's not like we're dealing with Khabib here, who's twenty nine and zero. You know what I mean? It's a different ball game. So she's already lost, and she's been finished. You know what I mean? So, and and I know it's been a long time, but listen, what what we focus on is, <clears throat> I, I can't go in and play the Chiefs. Let's just say the Chiefs. I can't go in and play the Chiefs. And I can't go in and try to win the game, right? They're just too good. Like you can't just focus on this big giant, uh, this big giant thing. Like, how do you eat an elephant? Well, it's one bite at a time, right? So we don't focus on, we don't focus on the game. We don't focus on the half or the quarter. We focus on plays. So what we're doing with Amanda is we're trying to go through, and we're looking at at, at these plays that she has lost. You know, not not the game. We're focusing on the plays that she's lost, and we try to exploit those. That's you know, that's pretty much how we handle. Every fight, you can't you can't uh, focus on the on the game as a whole because it gets very stressful. It, it, there's so much going on, so you got to focus on the plays that your that your fighter is losing. And if you do that, you'll find some mistakes in there. Everybody makes mistakes, and if you if you focus on the plays rather than the game, you'll you'll find uh, some holes in there for everybody. So then, James, with this with this fight coming up with the others, you know, I know you said uh, even in your interview, you've got several coming up for fights. What you said that you're in quarantine in Vegas now. When do you get back to training, and what is like the first day like after you come back after a win? Oh, I've already been home. I was home this past week. Uh, I went straight into coaching. I mean, I I held yesterday. I held six or seven pad sessions for my guys. I'm not really my knees kind of jacked up. I mean, I can't really do a ton, uh, but I'm doing everything I can. Like right now, we're here for Jason Witt. He fights this Saturday on the UFC. So we just got in town. And uh, we have like a 24-hour quarantine, and then we're able to, you know, to go about our day or whatever. But I've already been home this past week. I mean, man, I, I wish I could tell you this was like a glorious thing, but to be honest with you, it's just uh, there's a there's a book called Chop Wood, Carry Water, and it's basically about uh, a samurai archer. Uh, long story short, it's like don't focus on the 
don't focus on the the glamorous you know it's it's day in day out dirty hard work nothing sexy it's just day in day out and that's so when you ask me what i what does the day look like it it goes it's just day in day out dirty hard work you know that's getting my guys ready getting myself ready getting our team better that's what it looks like just, you know chop wood carry water that's that's kind of the i think that's, that's i think that's where our successes came from you know like we're doing we're working man we're just we're a very blue collar uh work ethic style team and that's that's what we do is we just work and james you know before we let you go here i gotta ask you this question because recently a couple weeks ago on the show uh we did have your queen buckley on he talked about Oh God! Yeah, yeah, it's coming. You already know it's coming. <laughs> he, he, he mentioned your name during it <laughs> during, during during the time, and I, I think at the time I said, "Oh, we need to probably we talked to James quite a bit, so we'll, we'll ask him this next time." Is that a fight that interests you? I'm, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'll go up to me. I'm not a middleweight, but I will go up to middleweight. I know he's made welterweight before, so I don't understand why I have to come up. To him, why don't he come down to me? I mean, it's not a hard fight to make happen. Like I told him, I told him this, this uh, the night I won my fight. Somebody asked me about it. I said, "Give me a send me a contract in the mail, or you know, email me right now. I'll sign it. You know, as long as my knees good, I'll sign it. I got no problem fighting that kid. Like they, they, you know what I mean? Like he's one and one in the UFC. I've been in the UFC longer than this kid's been fighting. So whenever you know, if he feels like he, he's got one spectacular knockout over a guy that's never fought in the UFC and he got smoked by Kevin Holland, like bro." Check my resume, man. Like, let's, <laughs> you send me that contract whenever. I'm, I'm not. That'll be the, that'll be one of the, the, the best matchups I can get. You know what I mean? So this, uh, I'm not hard to find, man. You know what I mean? Like, it ain't, yeah. it ain't no thing. I said this that night. I ain't hard to find. Send the contract. I'll sign it, and we can figure it out. But so, James, I mean, where, where did this all come from? I know that. Uh, I, I believe he he wanted to come up to Glory. He's from here in St. Louis. I know that you, no, you got this some guys. Is, yeah, tell this me, is the tell thing. us the real story. This is the real story, and and I don't know why he he said this before. He's like, it's bro code. I'm not going to release the, the the messages. I'll I'll show you. I'll send you guys the screenshots. I'll show them to you. He he says I tried to come train. That's not true. He was being a a, a smartass about it, and he wants he doesn't want to come train. He wants to come fight my guys. He wants to come spar my guys. And this this dates back like years ago where he was uh just calling out my guys you know like he wants to fight he like called out uh trey ogden he's a middleweight calling out a lightweight like bro like to me uh, like he, and he's done that he's never called out anybody his own weight even me you know, i'm not his weight but you know, I, I i took one middleweight fight on 24 hours notice so he considers me a middleweight look i don't care but he calls out smaller guys than him and to where i come from that's just I don't know, like what I what I can and can't say on this show, but I think you guys get where I'm coming from here. Mm-hmm. I, I I just don't have any respect for that. I, I think that's a punk move. You know what I mean? Like where I come from, that that's <clears throat> you're you're a you're a coward if you do that. You know what I mean? And uh, so he messages uh, messages me saying, "Hey, uh, doesn't just the way he asks, like doesn't ask like it was like, hey, I'm looking to get some sparring rounds. Let me know when I can come up." I was like, "Well, it's not really how it works here." Uh, you know, you're either on my team or you're not on my team. Like, I have 35 guys on my on my mat on a Monday morning. Like, I don't need him. I have 12 mm-hmm. guys in the UFC. You know what I mean? I don't. He needs me, not the other way around. I don't need him. You look at his pictures. He's training with like four guys. You know, 135ers to heavyweight or whatever. Like, I don't. I don't need him. He needs me. So he hit me up. I was like, I was like, dude, I don't. I'm not. Like, we don't even spar that hard. Like, dude, I think what you're looking for is not. We're not that here. And he's like, well, tell me how it works. And I said, well, you're either on my team or you're not on my team. 
I just, you know, you called me, not the other way around. Like, you, you messaged me. And, and then he starts going into, uh, oh, it's obvious that you and your guys are scared because I do you all dirty. And I said, bro, listen, man. I, said, yeah. I started laughing. I said, dude, like, I've been in the UFC. I've been in the UFC longer than you've been fighting, man. If you think for one second that I'm scared for you, and obviously uh, the, the, these words are a little skewed, but I got no problems. I don't know why he won't. Uh, somebody asked him about the messages. I'll, dude, I'll show you guys the messages right now. I, 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 and I screenshotted them so he couldn't unsend them or delete them. I have them on my phone. And I just said, I said, you can come get it whenever you want, bro. And I've been very open about that. You guys are about the 200th per person to ask me. I'll, I'll sign that contract today, man. Like, I just don't like his attitude. When I say I don't, I don't, uh, I have a very, uh, I have a very specific culture in my gym. It's a culture of hard work, good attitudes, and he doesn't fit my culture. You know what I mean? He's mm -hmm. a, he's a smart ass. He's got a bad attitude, and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to learn. He just wants to fight and spar people. That's not what I want. I don't need him. He needs me, not the other way around. So he can stay his ass in St. Louis and keep training with the same four guys if he wants. And not to mention, this is the thing that really irks me. <clears throat> is he's, he's going on all these shows and he keeps trying to play like he's this nice guy. Ask he's been kicked out of like every gym in St. Louis, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like don't quit quit playing the charade. Like you're not you're not a nice dude. You're a shit box. Like that's like you're not a nice person. And this is like that's what that's what bothers me is he's acting like he's like, No, none of these guys will let me train. No, it's because you're an asshole. That's that's why nobody wants you in the gym. Everybody in St. Louis is he can stay his ass in St. Louis. Everybody there's kicked him out. That's why he reached out to me. But he can stay his ass in St. Louis and keep training with the same four guys. That's that's what it that's what it is. Because I don't need him. He needs me, not the other way around. So anyway, long story short, he can get it whenever he wants. Man, we got. I love it. I mean, I do. I mean, we got the the full story. I'm like I said. I'm. I, I always like to get. It's like you, it was good to get. You know, the 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 full extent of what's happening there. So I appreciate. What did you he say? Did. What did he say? He just asked to come train, and I said no. Like, yeah, he said basically that was that was the gist of it. Is that uh, he wanted to come up train with you guys? You said that that wasn't really how it worked, and he said, okay, well, if we can't eat together, then maybe we can you know bang it out. Was kind of how he put it. So. Yeah, well, he can't he can't come train because he's an asshole. That's that's the <laughs> that's the gist of it. And I, I, listen, I got the messages right in front of me. I'm scrolling right now. I'll read them verbatim to you if you guys want. Oh, I, go. I, well, we're down. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me let me find them. Let me find them. They're right here. I, I screenshot them on my phone. You just wait. I'll I'll read them verbatim. That way, there's no confusion. I don't know why he won't. You know why he won't. Uh, I I, I just don't get what's the big deal of like why like, this is such a uh, you know, he acted like there was a big, a big thing about this. Okay, here it is. Sean Woodson told me to holler at you to get some rounds in. What's up? What's the best day to come? First of all, Sean Woodson did not tell him to do that. I've seen the threat he's talking about. And I said, that's not how it works on my spot. He said, I'm curious, how does it work? You boys that got fights coming up, they may want a different look from training with the same person every day, especially you. We can just do some rounds when we're fighting at the same spot. Laugh out loud. I said, you hit me up to tell me my guys need work. How it works is you're either on my team or you're not. I don't have any interest in guys that come and go on their own schedule. He said, no, nah, I hit you up to get work in. I'm not surprised by your answer because it's easy to see that I put in that dirty work on you and your boys, so I'm not mad at you. Best of luck to you, though. I said, it's easy to see from your last fight. Come on, dog. I've been in the UFC longer than you've been fighting. You're a world champion talking tough on social media. Get a life, bro. That shit don't scare anyone here. He says, let me come through. Show me I'm trying to be more than a social media tough guy, but yes, I'm good at that, too. And that was it. I didn't write him back. Man, so, so like I said, I man, love it. And by the way, speaking of, because we're fans of Sean Watson, how's he? How's he looking? I know he has a fight coming up too. Watson looks great. He's awesome, man. He's he's uh, 
he looks he looks really good already. We're we're still ways out, and he looks incredible already. He's gonna he's gonna look real good. I'm, I'm excited to watch him come back. Definitely, man. We appreciate, like you said, you dropping the knowledge and also giving us the full the full situation with this the Buckley situation. I appreciate both. I yeah, learned I learned a lot. Kitty ass party somewhere else, man. <laughs> we now love it, love it. Now, now I want this fight to happen. So, oh, um, you can get it whenever. Yeah, so now, yeah, we definitely we definitely want to see it. But we we want to see you have continued success, whether it's against Buckley or it's against. Someone to watch. Oh, if, I fight him, keep... if I fight him, there's going to be continued success. I can assure you that. <laughs> so we, we, we want. We definitely want to see it, man. We appreciate you taking this interview on short notice, taking the fights on short notice, and you know, no problem best at all, look guys. you, man. We look forward to chatting with you again. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. That wraps it up for us with James Krause today. Thanks to James for joining us on the show and taking part in the interview and being very just real and honest with us. I always appreciate when you get people, whether and when our guests do give us a lot of honesty and just a lot of realness when, in the conversation. Well, and you got to be a little TMZ, Jason. There, don't lie. You got to be a little TMZ. A little bit, but I would like at this point, my, the TMZ had went out of my heart. I just wanted to, to see what his thoughts were. This is well, I went back. I went back to like real like Walter Cronkite line of journalism, not the uh, not <laughs> Harry Levin and Doom TMC. I I really wanted to get the context of what his thoughts were, but he was very open and. Oh, I mean, we got text messages and everything now. The whole story is out there, so. Yeah, so that's an interesting. That's an interesting saga. We'll have to kind of keep tabs on, you know, whether that fight happens. I know, like you said, like he was mentioning, they're in two different weight classes. But whenever there's some real animosity, those are sometimes the best fights or the most anticipated fights that we want to see. Most definitely, and I cannot wait for it. One I'm going to miss though is what some are calling the goat. Khabib Nurmagomedov has uh, called it a retirement. And you know, you say some are calling it the goat, and he ended his career on impressive fashion. You know, some are calling him the goat, but there's one person, one in particular. It's not Dana White because he called him the goat. It's not yeah. a lot of other fighters on Twitter. There's one fighter in particular that's like, "Hey, bro, I'm the goat. Everybody else is bypassing me," and that is one John Bones Jones. Well, of course it is. Um, I mean, let's be honest. And you want to go TMZ with you? I'll go TMZ with you for a minute. He may be the best on cocaine and steroids, plain and simple. But Khabib has never popped hot. Khabib has never lost. I don't think he's. I think he's lost two rounds in his entire twenty-nine fight career. John Jones cannot say that. Um, yes, John Jones may have more titles. How many fights has John Jones had pulled because he tested positive for, you know, picograms, as we like to call them? And, I mean, recently, how many fights has he almost, on paper, you know, you look at the Dominic Reyes fight, you look at the fight before that, people can argue that maybe he lost those fights. I mean, you can do it with anything on a Beebs record. It's all, you know, pretty much standard that, hey, this guy has been dominant in every performance against some of the best names in the sport. Like, when you look at what he just did to Justin Gaethje, you look at what he did to Conor McGregor, and, you know, so Dustin Poirier, guys who almost, a lot of people were drawing a comparison into 
Michael Jordan, you know, because the way Khabib ended, you know, his father tragically passing earlier this year. Jordan's father tragically passed before he retired the first time. And that moment when he won the fight, you saw the emotion pour out. I want to go deeper into this comparison to Michael Jordan. We talk about the GOAT of MMA for for Khabib. Think about this. There are so many guys, when you look at Dustin Poirier, you look at Tony Ferguson, you look at Conor McGregor, you look at all these names in that lightweight division that you can name that are top, you know, top of the sport. He prevented a lot of guys from being called champion. A lot. And that's kind of the same thing that Michael Jordan did. There's a lot of guys. Very, very much so. In that basketball area, like, man, why does Reggie Miller not have a ring? Why does Charles Barkley not have a ring? Or Carl Malone or Patrick Newman and... The name that, you know, Jordan stopped them all. So I think it's kind of that same context when you look at Habib in this manner. There's a lot of guys who could have been at the top of that weight class, but they could not figure out Habib and Mega Madoff. So I think that is no. why I think you give him the, the the ability to call him the GOAT. Plus, let me, let me put this in too. John Jones is super petty because knowing the circumstances of why he's retiring and kind of like wanting to move on, let the guy live for a little bit before you go out here on social media and want to argue with everybody about being called the GOAT. Give it a week. People will be a little bit more open to it. Now you're just like a petty asshole. That's all you look like. Well, I mean, that is fair, you know, but um, the thing that I just I don't understand about John Jones is he lets that all of his all of his cocaine problems, all the steroid testing positive. None of that seems to matter to him. He still, I mean, I do give him credit whenever he said, I beat you, Daniel Cormier, while I was on cocaine. I mean, there is that. But is that is that now the standard? You know, I mean, it, it kills me. I am not a fan of John Jones, period, because of that. Um, if he would have been the humble guy that he claimed to be, if he would have had, you know, really been remorseful instead of, yep, no, I'm going to go drive down Albuquerque, New Mexico streets and pop a couple of shots off. You know, why not? There is no way that John Jones now is even in the picture to me to be the greatest of all time. I mean, we talk about other sports, but you use the MJ comparison for basketball. But look at it like from a baseball standpoint. Well, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't tell you basketball or baseball. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I, forget, so. I forgot, I forgot who I was talking to. For you, a do second. you remember who you're talking <laughs> yeah, to? Now? Yeah, exactly. But, but for the others out there <laughs> that actually watch every some other sports, look at it from this standpoint of combat sports and looking at like baseball. Barry Bonds is the all-time home run king. But guess what? Guess what Barry Bonds is not in? The Hall of Fame. Because you know why? He got I don't think Barry even got busted. Barry just was on a list. They didn't test Barry and say, oh, he had picograms. <laughs> Barry Barry just got was on was on somebody's list. And they were like, nah, bro, we can't vote you into the Hall of Fame. That won't happen yeah, to John Jones because the Hall of Fame is basically Dana White making those decisions. Right. But in other sports, they even put him in the Hall of Fame spot, let alone give him the greatest of all time. Mom. Um. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and oh, it just the, the timing is so. Oh yeah, timing is horrible. So, but with that, all right. Who else is on the list? Who else is up there for the top talk of the goat? I know Anson Silva's definitely on that list, you know, and he's going to be having his last fight here soon in Shariah Hall, so he's definitely on that list. 
I struggle with putting Connor and Ellis from time to time just because of the inactivity of late and also but you also got to look at the run the run he had when he was on top was magical and did a lot for the sport um, Cormier has got to be considered up there and I almost probably say of course John GSP without question after that you kind of you have some guys but I think those are really I even seen someone put uh, DJ on a Demetrius Johnson and I'm just like yeah, but I, when I look at goats, greats, I also look at lasting impact they had on the sport. Like, how many people modeled themselves after that guy coming up afterwards? How many people did that person bring to the sport? Absolutely. I take in the extra factors. Absolutely. And only so when you do that, I think you only have Anderson Silva, Habib, and I, I know we talked about his picograms. John Jones changed the way guys were trying to come to that light heavyweight division. Changed kind of the skill set. Well, so, yeah. So, I mean, you and, have to And he changed how much you got to put in your body to get past the drug test. <laughs> Ask Chael Sonnen. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, so, yeah, with that being said, I got to put him up there, but I don't know if he's the one because of, like you said, the, All right. the picograms. Jason Frazier. Off the cuff, not scheduled, not even rehearsed in prep. Give me your top three of all time. Top three of all time, because I've thought about this. So you ain't, you didn't catch me too too flat footed. I would go with GSP three, Habib two, number one Anderson Silva. That's uh, a very solid list. That is a very solid list. Um, I am going to say that. Uh, you're, I, you're you're right there with me. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with her. We're talking since we're talking modern quote unquote modern days. Um, number three, Demetrius Johnson. He did a ton in the in the world. Made a lot of uh, made a lot of moves. No one could beat him. Fought everybody in the division three times. Obviously up there with the call for the goat. Number two, Khabib. Definitely um, with his accomplishments, the style. But to put it all around, the wins, the style, the retirement, the comeback, the look, the charisma, it's got to be George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre, to me, is the greatest of all times. And John Jones isn't even on the list because picograms are not part of my voting. Man, I, as much as I hate him from the picograms, I got to, like, it's kind of like I said, the baseball argument with Barry Bonds. How good would this person have been without the picograms or without the cocaine? Would it have significantly changed their dominance? I guess we'll never know, but I don't think too much of John Jones changes with, I think it was the skill set and just the length and just so many different things, variables, that made him a special talent. So I, I, I still put him in there, but I can't. The picograms make me not put him in the top, the, the, the number one spot. Let's put it that way. Well, very fair. So let's hear what you guys think. Who is your GOAT of all time? Let us know on Twitter at DGF Combat Sports. Let us know. Also, we will uh, we'll run a little poll out there and see what you think. So go up, check it out. Check us out on all of our social media platforms on Instagram and on Facebook. And that's going to wrap it up for us today. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure when you go to those listening platforms, subscribe and subscribe and also give us a rating there. And we really will appreciate it. That's it for me and Jeremy. We'll catch you with another episode of Down Goes Frazier next week.
Perfect.